0: Hi, I'm Annika Stokes and welcome to Strategy Bites. I am the co-founder of Oak Tree Talent Group, a specialist strategy and transformation recruitment agency. Strategy Bites is a compilation of career stories and insights from the market's most experienced executives. Many have gained their strategy toolkit from management consulting. In each episode, we ask the best of the industry's talent to share the highs and lows of their careers and the best bits of advice they've ever been given. They will give us a glimpse of what their day-to-day lives look like now, warts and all. Our aim is to give inspiration to the ambitious strategists out there and give them an understanding of what is possible. In each episode, we will ask guests for a read, watch or listen to recommendation and a quote or value that they live their lives by. My very first guest, Toby Norton-Smith, is someone I've known for nine years now, and is someone who I've loved working with over the years. Toby is currently the Managing Director of X15 Ventures, CBA's venture building entity. Toby is also part of the McKinsey Alumni. So welcome, Toby Norton-Smith, my very first guest on the Strategy Bites podcast. Thank you. you. Um, I've already done a little bit of an intro for you, but if you can just give us, for those who don't know you, just give us a a little bit of an elevator pitch there.
1: Oh gosh, elevator pitch on me or on X15 Ventures?
0: On oh, a bit of both, really.
1: Yeah, okay. I think actually, strictly speaking, elevator pitches a banned under current restrictions. But, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a short pitch anyway. Um, so me, Toby Non-Smith. Uh, well, probably given it's a strategy bites podcast, I started out in strategy at uh, McKinsey uh, a long time ago, straight out of uni. Um, did that for a while. Uh, and then, you know, frankly, wandered a little bit, did some sort of passion projects, uh, ended up doing M&A, biz dev um, at News Corp in their digital arm, uh, which was great because you uh, got through a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of deals done, which gave me a lot of experience. And then someone was um, probably silly enough to accept my offer to go and actually execute one of those um, deals, uh, which is where I found myself running my first fintech business, um, called Stocks in Value, which was, um, not successful. Um, it was probably around before the word fintech was in common parlance, but anyway, I I did that. And then, um, mortgage life, uh, kids, I I went to CBA where I've been for the last five years and, uh, for the last year or so as managing director of a new, very small business unit that we've set up uh, within CBA called X15 Ventures. So that's, um, that's, I'm not sure that was very pitchy, but that's me in a, in a nutshell. Um, in terms of X15, the very shorter summary would be uh, it brings together the best of enterprise scale and capability, both CBAs and other partners, with startup agility and mindsets to build a, a next generation of ventures in and around financial services.
0: Amazing. And you've been in that role for a year,
1: I think sort of formally for a year, it's been in the works for a lot longer. We sort of ate a lot of vegetables in the background to get the things set up um, you know, in the way that we wanted uh, to be within CBA. So yeah, certainly been working on it for more like two.
0: Yeah. And you've obviously had a, a few big wins recently. I've seen them advertised over the last few weeks as backer, Matt Common sort of uh, announced that a couple of weeks ago and a couple of the others.
1: Yeah, that's very exciting. Backer's our, in, in some ways, it's nice because we launched um, with two ventures that have been in the works. Uh, we transferred a third venture into X15, uh, a business called Credit Savvy, which is going really well. Backer is our first sort of, um, I'm going to fumble for the wrong analogy to do with birth, so I'll actually steer clear of that, but it's our first child or whatever, the right, yeah, that actually has been you know conceived, uh, inception, launch through X15. So we started... X15 in February. Um, yes, that's right, about a week before COVID became very, very serious, we got out the doors. Uh, and Backer actually was you know, influenced and informed by that experience of launching a new business unit in the middle of um, uh, this terrible pandemic. And so Backer is a service we're really passionate about. It's a, uh, um, it, it helps a prospective small business owner or an entrepreneur go from, you know, plan or thought bubble through to profit with a whole bunch of online tools, services, um, you know, and advice all in one place. So, yeah, that was really exciting for that to be the first one that we sort of got out the door having launched X15. In true entrepreneur style, we actually haven't, it's not actually, um, you can't use it yet. We've gone live for registrations and we're out in market collecting registrations. We'll, we'll go fully live in September and um, if there are any aspiring uh, entrepreneurs out there or anyone thinking of a side hustle, I would definitely urge you to have a look at backer.com.au, uh, not least because CBA have very kindly uh, offered to contribute $500 to every small business that launches and gets active through Backer uh, through to the end of the year. So, sorry, I'm shifting into pitch mode, Annika. But <laughs>
0: That's okay. It's, it's good. Fun. I'm sure there is a few entrepreneur, entrepreneurs out there. Um, but look, the reason I wanted to get get you on the uh, on the podcast is obviously we've known each other for well eight or nine years now. I've known you both in client and candidate capacity. Um, but generally speaking, the market we have, we have many conversations with candidates, mostly from consulting backgrounds. And one of the key thing that comes up constantly is how do I get a role in innovation? How do I get a role in partnerships, startup land? And the biggest one is. Um, they want to move from strategy into more of a PL or general management type role. So, you know, it sounds like a dream job for many that you've got there. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. But, you know, is your job as awesome as it sounds?
1: Mm. Um, look, I, I feel very grateful um, to have this opportunity. It's, um, it, it's, it's something I really believe in. Uh, I think there is a better way for corporates and banks to do venturing. Um, and it's something that I know CBA, the management team, even the board believe in, and um, that's really exciting. And the subtext to that though is I didn't get that belief, and I didn't get that sense of support and alignment from just falling into the role. So it has taken a bit of bit of graft, but um, yeah, I, I am loving it. I'm, I, you know, that sort of painful feeling at the end of the day when your brain aches from how much you're sort of learning and context shifting. I, I'm doing that all the time, and. Um, you know, really, really enjoying it. So no, it, it is uh, I'm very, very grateful. and very excited about hopefully what we can do and, and deliver out of X15. Um, yeah. In terms of the, you know, P&L question, I was just, you know, as you were talking about it, instead sort of having a ponder, you know, a couple of thoughts. One, like I've got no divine insight into how you get a PL and l role. At, um, you know, I can share my sort of ad hoc pathway was from strategy into ultimately sort of biz dev and m as I mentioned, which gets you into, you know, doing stuff. And then when you do execute that stuff, you recommend there's that opportunity. Uh, in the case I mentioned, it maybe a slightly misfired opportunity, which was my strategy, but um, that's, you know, that, that was my pathway. And, but I, I actually like reflecting on it. I think that the, uh, the p question um, it probably um, you know there's actually an underlying question below that, which is probably something more like I want more autonomy or ability to do things without other people having to implement it. Uh, I want to be more than a recommender. Um, and I actually I'd urge anyone who's listening, you know maybe P and L is the wrong question because there's lots of roles in which you can get those attributes without having a PL and l and vice versa. Actually, there are lots of P&Ls where you have almost no autonomy, no ability to influence or do things. So think about the big broad world, even in a corporate environment of sort of digital and, and product ownership and roles like that, where you get to, you know, listen to customers and design and build products out. You don't necessarily hold the P&L and vice versa, particularly in a big bank, you know, P&Ls are, you know, carefully scrutinised, um, uh, and precious things. And so the autonomy is not necessarily there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, my thought.
0: Yeah. You didn't take deliberate steps then to, to gain a PL?
1: No, but I would definitely say like lots of people, I had that hankering that you want to be sort of judged on. You want to be able to do things. You, you want to have impact. You want to be proud of being able to point to stuff that you've um, worked on. And so, yes, I d- deliberately didn't want to stay in, in doing strategy. Uh, and advisory roles. But I uh, equally, so I don't think I ever said it, it must be a PL. Uh, yeah. You know, BizDev actually gave you lots of those opportunities anyway.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the things I've observed in terms of um, consultants moving into industry and then trying to gain that sort of autonomy or PL if better want for a word, is the EQ versus IQ. Um debate. Ilan Lachette's my business partner and I often debate this because there's a lot of consultants that um, we feel go from you know to get from sort of that sort of EM principal level to partner you've got to have that sort of AI EQ and again I feel to run a PNL or run a manager in the senior, le- senior leadership team of a bank like CBA you probably need that. What's your what's your view on that?
1: Yeah uh, look I <laughs> just to put it on the record, my second best job ever has been at McKinsey. I I still, um, you know, weirdly love the place and I have many, many friends there. But, you know, like I would say myself included, like it's a weird sort of strategy consulting in that it actually creates a construct where, particularly if you graduated and worked in a consultancy where sort of obliquely you're, you get all these signals that, you know, you're smart And that's why you got this great job. You know, you did well at uni and you outperformed your peers on quite sort of linear IQ-ish type things. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you're really good and you get this great job. Yeah, and I must say, like, you hit the nail on the head. While that is, you know, probably is a requirement for some of those types of roles, it is just so apparent to me that it's not a requirement for having a successful career or having an impact. In fact, I would suspect that there is a very weak or even negative correlation. See, I'm sounding like a geek now, between IQ and career success. So I think for any strategy consultant, thinking about how you make that shift, not not sort of intentionally dumbing yourself down if you've got a high IQ, great, good on you, but how you make that shift to just going out of your way to only think about, um, you know, relationships, people, leadership, um, is just I think a big part of it and I must say I don't think I was very good at it for a long time and then when the penny drops it sort of seems obvious that like you know if you if I was to go even like if you think about corporations uh, and even their many of their products they are in some ways social constructs and uh, organizations and they're you know I don't want to get too academic but if you think about that and if you think about you know they're just largely think about a bank it's a it's capital is well. It has a lot of capital, but you know its main ingredient is people. It's all about understanding people, motivating them, telling a story, galvanising people around that. And um, I don't see much evidence of the requirement for IQ in many, many of the situations that that we face daily. So yeah, I'm with. I don't know who was on the EI side of the uh, of your debate, but I'm definitely with them for uh, yeah. for more senior roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when did when did the penny drop for you then?
1: Uh, Gosh, only quite recently I was in CBA's digital arm doing sort of partnerships, fintech business development under a, um, you know, a brilliant leader, Pete Steele, who's now left CBA, but he stretched me a lot. And, you know, he used to sort of gently poke fun at my sort of consulting frameworks. Um, Well, you know, generally leaning on me whenever he needed to put something impressive together. But just watching and listening and responding to how much, you know, as a blunt instrument, how much time he invested in in people and communicating and consistently communicating was just a pretty inspiring thing. And then still, you know, like any slightly poor follower, I didn't quite pick up on it until I took on more and more accountability. And I've caught myself following more and more of the sorts of things that, that he did so uh, yeah probably the last few years to be honest
0: yeah so I mean you mentioned obviously your love of McKinsey and you still have a, <laughs> a passion for you know the alumni um you spent three and a half years there um and often a topic of discussion that comes up with candidates that we're speaking to from the top tier is what is the ti- what is the right time to leave consulting if they don't aspire to be a partner what was your experience with with that
1: Yeah. I mean, again, no firm view, horses for courses. Uh, You know, for me, I, well, I joined McKinsey because I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do at uni or after uni. Um, And as a side story, I um, was incredibly lucky to get in. Um, In fact, I, the only reason I got in was I interviewed out of cycle because I had been overseas. Uh, And then when I interviewed, I did sort of so spectacularly badly, as in I didn't um, understand the concept of the case study and thought it was really weird that they were posing these hypothetical questions at me, um, that they sort of out of good um, fairness or whatever, of sportsmanship, invited me back in to do it again. Um, and and that, you know, gave me the. And so look, I wouldn't advise that as a pro tip for everyone, but um, where was I going with that? So great going in, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know for me it it, like when you think about different jump-offs one thing about going in as a business analyst is for me it helped crystallize for me that i didn't think i needed to go to business school which was quite helpful um but then in terms of when you leave i guess my generic advice would be um don't hang around and suffer you know i think in consulting like it's pretty clear normally the people who are sort of flourishing and the people who are struggling and probably read those signals and it doesn't mean you're a lesser person or that, you know, you don't have, as per the EQIQ discussion, a a huge career ahead of you. You know, I would, I would jump sooner rather than later, uh, would be my slightly callous advice if you're feeling that way. Mm.
0: So in terms of McKinsey versus what you're doing now, and obviously all the jobs you've had in between, what has been the toughest?
1: Oh, um, so Oh, okay, well, probably the one that I was worst at was um, at uni working in, in restaurants. <laughs> I was, well, in fact, I was so bad, I wasn't a waiter. I was a busboy um, down at a trendy restaurant called Wildfire down at the International Passenger Terminal. It shut down now. It did the Tarrasco and all that sort of stuff, but I sort of couldn't remember the sources, couldn't even remember what the food was. Eventually, I got demoted to sort of um, uh, the kitchen to cleaning. Um, so that was definitely my least yeah, that was not me at my best. Um, More seriously, I'd say, you know, probably actually in in consulting, you certainly work incredibly hard, but um, the transformation projects that you do when they are code for cost cutting, it's, um, you know, I I was probably a bit young and thoughtless, but even at the time, that sense of you know, tension and you are impacting real people, real lives, real careers. And, and often you're actually quite you know naive and immature yourself. Luckily, there's a structure around you. But I'd say those sorts of projects, you did feel that tension and the obligation to try and do it well uh, in what's always going to be a, a situation that leaves some people feeling unhappy. So I'd say those types of projects are, uh, are probably the hardest things that I've had to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looking back in your career at McKinsey, obviously you learn specific frameworks and you get a very solid grounding of the strategy toolkit. And obviously the brand on your resume is there forever. How do you think that's all that combined has helped you in your career?
1: Uh, yeah, look, it definitely has helped. Um, in terms of brand, it's a. I guess it's maybe you frame it as a useful shortcut to your first interview. Um, not that I've had all that many. Um, I'm not doing any now if anyone from CBA is listening. Um, But no, the brand helps, you know, like it's funny actually how you don't prompt it, but unprompted it comes up in um, conversations. So I think the brand very good in terms of the toolkit. um, Yeah. You know, it's really hard to put your finger on exactly what it is. I think at the very sort of root of it, that um, hypothesis based problem solving technique you know, which is probably um, flattering language for like having an arrogant firm view when you go in, I think is really, really useful, uh, you know, and it, and it you know can get the answer wrong, but it, it just can help cut through so much. Couple that with the sort of ability just not to be intimidated by a problem, but to try and sort of break it down with some useful frameworks is, is so generically useful. So I, I do think it's a really great place to start, particularly if like me, you don't know what you want to do when you're at, when you're at uni
0: yeah but then obviously when you're taking it into business you have to gain that eq as well to not sound like a consultant all the time
1: yeah which i think i'm starting to sound like on this yeah.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. <not> at all. <laughs> so in terms of the career achievements that you've had obviously many of them uh, what would you say are three you're most proud of
1: um uh, look launching x15 benches and those first ventures, um, definitely. Uh, it took, a, you know, it takes a huge amount to build something new inside a big corporate, particularly something new and different, particularly something new and different and with a sort of team that, you know, it started as a bit of a uh, call it a bottom-up or organic strategy. Um, it wasn't a sort of top-down directive, and then we, you know, built the alignment. And uh, you know, obviously, ultimately, it's very much top-down sponsored. But so, felt really proud of the team, that um, small group of us that sort of first kicked off uh, what was um, a project at first um, to explore that. Um, you know, there were other things leading up to that inside ComBank I've loved doing, launching sort of new digital services either inside the bank or outside the bank, like um, Beamit, the payments wallet that we did a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, I've really loved that. I'd have to call it out. Uh, you know, other things I've enjoyed, uh, I worked at a charity after after McKinsey where, as they called it, um, my job was doing a McKinsey on the charity. Um, that you Know felt very, um, you know, it was a very satisfying experience to sort of um secure more funding from um from corporate sponsors and sort of streamlining operations. It was a um, charity called Surf Aid that's a very Australian New Zealand type charity and it works out mostly in Indonesia, uh, giving aid to very remote communities where there happened to be lots of Australian surfers. So, uh, that was fun. And then, and probably, you know, I mentioned um stocks in value this, um fintech business you know the first time that you're really accountable for uh, everything is pretty daunting and you know definitely you're making it up as you go along but um you know that that i was very proud of that despite possibly not achieving what i wanted to achieve
0: well that's quite quite a lot of achievements there Looking back on sort of, tw- I think I think we're very similar age. I think, if I remember rightly, we're about the same age. And so, looking back on your twenty-year career, so so far, um, what would you say you would wish you'd known twenty years ago?
1: No, I must just look older than I am, Annika. I definitely haven't had a twenty-year career. I, I, like I was still no. I'm uh, anyway. However long it has been, somewhere between fifteen and twenty. Um, the question was realities?
0: No, just um, in terms of what you wish you'd known 20 years ago. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we touched on some of it, that EQ, IQ thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, uh, all, most, too much of my experience has been corporate, um, but, like, in corporate, what would be some of the realities? Again, despite, you know, how much McKinsey sort of set me up, that idea that everything is about logic, um, or about working harder uh, is is very, very misleading. I sort of sometimes look back on some of my corporate experiences and the times where I've gone most wrong is where I've tried too hard or tried to sort of at the wrong time or the wrong moment without the right tailwinds push the, you know, push an idea too hard. Uh, I think I wish I'd known probably early on how important relationships were, but also how natural they are. You can't sort of work at a relationship with a particular individual or anything like that. So um i i think it's you know it's very closely tied to that same framing you mentioned on yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. so what is your day-to-day what is your typical a, t- a typical day in toby norton smith's life look like
1: um gosh
0: um i know you've got a, a newborn as well haven't you so um i'm sure that's <laughs> i do
1: hard to navigate but, with the I job. Uh, little Daphne, who is our third child, uh, and she is very fresh. She's five weeks old. Um, so, what's it like? It's um, pure Benny Hill show in the morning. Like we are just like okay. everyone is running around the house, uh, bumping into each other, trying to get the oldest two off to school. Um, and that is, you know, I think the hardest bit of the day, actually, just getting getting to your desk, be that desk in the house or or sometimes uh, in the office. Um, and then in terms of work, I'd look. I'd say the split's fairly, probably fairly even between um, content. So um, you know, problem solving and helping. Uh, it's probably less problem solving these days than I would like. More sort of deep bottlenecking and helping navigate questions for the ventures and X fifteen business. Thinking through strategy, performance, etc. Probably about a third what you'd think of as operations. Um, you know the. The, the gears of the business. So, you know, we're growing, so onboarding team members, onboarding suppliers, governance approvals, all that sort of stuff. And then the last third being a bit, you know, that as we've touched on is, is the stuff that really matters. Um, or maybe slightly more than the third, just people. Um, uh, yeah. Building relationships externally, external talent, uh, developing and pushing your own team, uh, communicating again and again. Um, you know, and, and, and evolving that vision um, is a large part of it, probably more than a third, actually.
0: Yeah. And how many people are in X15 now? Um,
1: We would be around um, 50 now, which should be a split between uh, people working maybe a little north of that now. And it would be a split between people working in X15, which actually it's not a sort of don't, not so much a head office, as provide some quite explicit functions and um, links back into CBA to advantage the ventures, like sort of um, you know uh, APIs to enable them to to uh, speak to customers inside the combat cap. So about half doing that, and half on the ventures. Uh, obviously, we then have uh, you know a healthy mix of agencies and contractors and other as we're as we're growing um, yeah. at the moment. But hopefully that number, if we're successful, uh, is a lot larger in a couple of years' time, not because that's the aspiration, but just uh, we, we've set a target of launching 25 businesses in five years. Uh, we'll be at seven at the end of our first year, we hope. Um, so, yeah, that, that involves uh, people.
0: Well, it's exciting times.
1: It is, Yep, It's, it's very exciting.
0: I find um, with most successful people, they usually have a routine I'm guessing that that's probably gone right out the window with a, a newborn. So, I mean, do you have any specific habits that you've you've ad- adopted that sort of keep you sharp? Hmm. just of
1: having a think about that. Um, uh, like a lot of people I've sort of pushed between trying to be pure digital and, uh, still paper based in some aspects of how I sort of manage my day. Um, I, I think actually recently, um, I think I was mentioning we launched, and then COVID happened, like in a in a big way immediately after. That's been another stretching for me in terms of daily habits. Uh, our team, you know, we really want to set a sort of technology first culture, and you know, learning a lot from you know engineers and uh, and the rest in technology that you know they've been used to these sorts of asymmetrical ways of working of communicating uh, whether it be GitHub or Jira or whatever sort of software they're using. And actually what we try to do, the sort of the the business and the ex strategist types like us is get up to speed with them. So I've actually found I'm challenging myself in the last year in particular. I mean, I think everyone is with sort of video conferencing, for example, Mm -hmm. embracing quite a lot of new tools that I would have been a little bit um, cynical about in the past, and uh, it's probably been a mixed bag. Some some have definitely been of value. Um, uh, some may still not be trumping paper or Excel. So um, what would I, you know, and then beyond that, it's probably a bit of a cliche, but that old challenge of value... Um, you know, manage your day around and your week around what your objectives are and need to be. Um, so right. right through to the like classic little life hacks, like start your day on your calendar and focus on, on that and focus on your uh, objectives, no matter how you manage them, whether it's, you know, OKRs and 90-day plans, don't just get caught up in the email churn. Mm, that is responding, that yeah. is responding to other people's uh, objectives and priorities.
0: Yeah. Any habits you'd like to break?
1: Um, I think I've broken my worst habit because of COVID, which is biting my nails. So I'm um, that's that's a good one. Um, the the only I mean I think that the habit definitely I would my I'm sure if you asked one of my team members would still be um, occasionally maybe going back into micromanaging sort of consultant style. You know, imagining that you're in a four person team and really really need to yeah. s- sweat the detail on a slide. Um, so that, that's probably the one that, um, that I'm still working on.
0: Yeah. And have you had, um, a mentor or men or a couple of mentors in your life?
1: No, I haven't. Um, no, it hasn't, hasn't worked for me or I haven't. No? Worked for them. I sort of, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I've given it a couple of goes and, um, yeah, it hasn't, hasn't clicked, click for me, whether it's, whether it's because I'm not sort of, Curious enough or an invested enough in it, but but no, I haven't had a sort of um, go to career mentor.
0: So, who would be the person you would most admire that you've come across in your work working career?
1: Um, uh, avoiding individual names or <laughs> might,
0: might make some enemies, but
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there were some uh, really um, interesting characters uh, in my days at McKinsey I always remember when I got interviewed there there was you know people talk about um, someone being a rocket scientist and of course this guy actually was a <laughs> rocket scientist um, you know ex NASA had then uh, still remember his name Larry Oglesby um so that, uh, you know and I think the other interviewee um, who's also who's in Sydney um, still Jamie Twist was uh, sort of deep polymath, Russian literature, Harvard, something like that. So those sorts of people blew me away. But no, um, who, um, my current work crush, um, would be, there's a, I've been boring the whole team about it. I just listened to this Ted talk from, um, uh, someone Audrey Tang. She's the, I think she's described as the minister without portfolio for Taiwan or sometimes the minister for digital, but she's the, um, she's been sort of credited with how Taiwan has hacked, um, COVID. And I think more broadly, you know, writes really interesting pieces on how the internet can still be a force for inclusion and consensus rather than sort of the dystopic direction it's headed of walled gardens and echo chambers. So she, she, but then implements really um, interesting policies and executes them in Taiwan. So I, uh, I'm finding her pretty inspiring at the moment. I think she's also very brave at a Sort of personal level and like you know, geopolitically, obviously, anything you do in Taiwan is um, is watched closely. So maybe that would be right now the person I'd call out as being. Um, I've certainly been flicking links to her talks around the team.
0: Since what was her name again,
1: Audrey? Uh, Audrey Tang. Audrey Tang. Uh, definitely, for anyone listening, if you if there's a TED TED interview on COVID that she did. Um, well, I'll try and give you a date. So in you know, August, sometime uh, or July or we're in August now. So it must've been in July. Um, That's well worth listening to.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And is there any sort of book recommendation you can give to aspiring strategists that you've, that's really sort of helped you in your career?
1: Um, I, I really actually don't read business books. Um, I've never, I I read lots of websites, curated content on technology and stuff like that, but I said very few, um, strategy books or anything yeah there was a tome at mckinsey called something like a really exciting titled book like valuation full stop um that i actually found it it was impossibly hard for me to wrap my head around but i did like you know i learned a lot about how to value companies but no i, I try not to read management books there's um there's there's someone who's written a book that I haven't read, but I've seen some of his stuff and on YouTube and stuff, someone called Frederick Lelow, I think he wrote, uh, it's called Reinventing Organisations. That really resonates how he thinks about, like, pushing decision-making right down to the furthest reaches of the organisation, empowering teams. Um, it's certainly something that's trying to push how I'm thinking about how our team operates. Um, so maybe I should read that book. But no, no um, particular corporate
0: time. Nope. More there. TED Talks, hey? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and
1: maybe that's it, right? Like, um, yeah, maybe it's a bit sort of, uh, uh, yeah, more dynamic to be consuming things uh, with those sorts of tools and formats than yeah. than books.
0: So, there's one piece I love reading of reading
1: books, just to be clear, just not <laughs> on not holiday.
0: with self-help books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, is there one piece of advice um, you you well the one piece of advice that you like to live your life by that you could give to others? Um,
1: look, I, probably, um, no, I, let me have a think, um, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe don't follow advice so much as follow, um, you know, follow people, follow companies, follow causes, um, that you care about. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, even follow your gut and heart more than your head as to loop back to the IQ, EQ conversation. Yeah. I sort of, yeah, I think I've made every mistake in the book, actually, in my career when people say, you know, don't think about title, think about what you want to do, don't think about money, think about what's right and who you want to work for, don't go, you know, go for a company or, you know, and it's only until maybe the last five years and in my last couple of roles that some of that sort of stuff comes through. And sometimes I think that's about listening more with your, as I said, your gut and your heart than your, yeah. your head um so yeah maybe the advice is don't follow it, too much advice
0: oh well, you've done well well, yes. following that advice <laughs> look thank you so much for being my very first podcast guest i hope it wasn't too grueling for you is there any last words of wisdom you'd like to share
1: it's a pleasure to be the first guinea pig and um <laughs> for those that are treading that path i think anika am i allowed to put out a shout out of course um you know, we are a small outfit, but um, obviously X15 and The Ventures Within are looking for people with extreme comfort with ambiguity. So um, there aren't classic strategy roles, but people who are willing to get their hands dirty and, um, you know, it may not be at p but it might be some version certainly doing stuff that you can point to and definitely ship into market. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear from really high talent, high uh, energy people. So uh, have a look. I think we've, we should have all our jobs up on, well, certainly on, On Seek and LinkedIn, and maybe on our website x15.com.au. Excellent.
0: Well, thank you so much. And um, I'm sure we'll catch up very soon.
1: Pleasure. Thanks, Annika. Thanks,
0: Toby. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Strategy Bites podcast, bringing strategy career advice to the market. But please do remember that first and foremost, Notary Talent is a specialist strategy and transformation recruitment agency. So if you're a top-tier consultant or want to hire excellent strategy capability, please get in touch.